Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Here we go with a Thursday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. The uh, news of the day, Christian Lander yesterday announced that he's going to head to Western Kentucky University for next season. So all four IU players who entered the transfer portal since the conclusion of the season have now found new college basketball homes for next year. We'll tell you more about Christian's decision coming up here in just a bit. Also, it's NFL Draft Day. I know some of you pro football people really get into that. I'm not a big NFL guy. I watch a little bit here and there. But there are a handful of IU connections that could hear their name called over the next few days. And so we'll tell you about those players and those names as well. And lots of other stuff to get to today. Let's look at the show lineup for this Thursday edition of the program. In segment one, we'll cover Christian Lander. We'll cover some names in the NFL draft that have Indiana connections, as I mentioned, and a few other things as well. Also, later in the show, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. He always joins me on Thursday for an in-depth chat on IU basketball. And there has been, so far this uh, offseason, no shortage of things to talk about, and that's going to continue to be that that way today with Alex when he joins us a little bit later in the hour. Also today, Les Wright, former Floyd Central Athletic Director, also uh, Varsity Club, IU Varsity Club rep for Southern Indiana and the Louisville areas. He's going to join us later in the program to talk about the IU Coaches Tour, which is going to make a stop at Huber's on uh, Wednesday, May 25th. I've mentioned it a few different times this week. I've had some people text in about how to get a table or how to get a ticket, and uh, we'll give you those details with Les and talk a little bit more about the IU Coaches Tour, which is going to feature Coach Mike Woodson and Coach Tom Allen. So the two big dogs from an IU sports perspective uh, will be here in southern Indiana just under a month from now. And I think tickets will go quick. Uh, Tables are available as well. We'll give you all the details a little bit later in the show, but uh, Les Wright will be with us a little bit later today when we uh, when we get that po- to that point later in the hour. That's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are uh, available. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And a reminder, the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Just send me a text. Let me know your thoughts on uh, IU basketball. Are you going to go to the uh, IU Coaches Tour? Do you want to hear from Coach Woodson and Coach Allen? Uh, anything you want to bring up, as long as it's reasonable, we'll get your question, your comment, your topic, whatever it is on the air. And, again, that number is 502-414-1450. 
And a couple of you call in. It's not a call in number. You've got to leave a. Uh, you've got to write a text message. Type a text message to me. Uh, again, 502-414-1450 is that number. Download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. You know, it seems like there's an app. Uh, on your phone for everything these days, but uh, download that Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. Uh, You'll get some great deals for sure, and uh, thanks to them for sponsoring the text line here on the program. Uh, Let's uh, jump into some headlines for today. Uh, Christian Lander committing to Western Kentucky. He announced his decision on Twitter yesterday afternoon. I did not realize this, but Christian Lander's father, who's a good guy, I got a chance to know him just over the years at some of the AAU basketball stuff, uh, even when Christian was a, a young player in the Evansville Wrights feeder system. Uh, but uh, his father, Keith, was a defensive back at Western Kentucky, so there is a family connection there for Lander and his family. And obviously with Western Kentucky located in Bowling Green, uh, the pocket city of Evansville down in southwestern Indiana, it's a real easy drive from Evansville to Bowling Green, probably similar, actually a little closer than it would be from Evansville to Bloomington even with I-69 now available. Uh, So he's staying reasonably close to his home. I think it's a good fit for him. Uh, Western Kentucky is a good mid-major program. They have a lot of success, good coach. They have brought in a lot of big-name recruits over the years. He turned down Rick Pitino and Iona, which I kind of secretly was hoping uh, that's where he went. I was curious if Coach Pitino could really develop Christian and uh, bring all the potential that's in him out, uh, but he's going to stay close to home, and you can't blame him or his family uh, for that decision. Of course, what I think of Christian Lander, uh, a lot of talent, a lot of a lot of ability, uh, thought that he would by year two be a regular contributing factor for IU regardless who the coach was. But I really feel like he's an example of reclassifying, jumping ahead, skipping your senior year, uh, jumping into the Big Ten or high major college basketball, an example of it not working out. Uh, sometime it works out, but Uh, everybody's so quick to want to get to college and quick to get to the pros. And obviously uh, money is a a driving force there, but had Christian Lander stayed at Evansville rights for another year, or maybe he, if he wanted to go to a prep school or, you know, some uh, elite high school where he's going to play a very tough national schedule, if that's what he felt he needed to do. uh, I, I would be curious where he would be today with a senior year, under his belt if he didn't arrive in Bloomington a year early. And I know obviously the coaching changes probably threw a little a little bit of loop in things, but uh, I would be curious, would he still be uh, at Indiana if he chose to leave Indiana? Would he still be considered a Big Ten or a high major player? But best of luck to Christian Lander as he heads to Western Kentucky. Lander played uh, in 26 games in the 2021 season. He averaged 2.1 points. rebounds and 1.2 assists. He shot just 12 for 44 from three-point range. And uh, also with uh, Lander's decision to attend Western Kentucky, all four Indiana players that have entered the transfer portal have now chosen and announced where they will be at next season. Rob Finnessy will be at Cincinnati. Michael Durr going back to 
the Sunshine State. He's going to be at UCF in Florida next year, not far from where he came from. Christian Lander, obviously, at Western Kentucky. And Parker Stewart announced earlier this week that he's going to go back to UT Martin. So uh, some interesting decisions there. I think a lot of those decisions, whether it's going back to Tennessee Martin for Parker Stewart, whether it's a new start for Rob Finnessy, whether it's Durr going back to Florida or Lander dropping down a little bit, staying close to home, going to Western Kentucky. I think all those players have made very wise decisions that can set them up for good years at their respective teams next year in college basketball. So I think all IU fans, I think anybody that's covered or knows these kids or their families at all, you wish them the best and hope that uh, their decision pays off for them here over the next uh, year or so. Also, NFL draft begins, I think, at 8 p.m. tonight. Um, Kind of fun to watch the first round, maybe the first handful of picks especially, but beyond that, you've got to be a true NFL guy to really pay attention to the NFL draft from start to finish. It spans over, is it two or three days, I think, through the weekend, uh, and everything gets underway tonight in Vegas. I heard John Spears talking yesterday on his radio show here on this station that uh, they've got a red carpet uh, set up across the, was it the Bellagio across the the water there, the fountains that uh, spurred up all of a sudden. Uh, So that will probably be a pretty uh, neat visual, especially for some of the the big-time picks early on. But there are actually three uh, NFL, uh, or I should say three IU football connections that hope to have their name called here over uh, one of the days of the NFL draft. Micah McFadden is probably the, uh, the IU guy with the highest probability of his name being called. He is projected, according to NFL.com, as a sixth or seventh round draft pick. So uh, Micah McFadden could could be the first name you hear for Indiana. Other names that I think are potentially uh, have the potential to, to be drafted: uh, wide receiver Tri, uh, uh, Ty Freifogel. Uh, he's anywhere from a sixth round pick to a priority free agent. Uh, as teams look at that, and also uh, tight end Peyton Hendershot. He projects from a seventh-round pick to a priority free agent selection. So uh, McFadden, I think you can count on his name being called at some point later in the draft. Uh, Not as confident about Freifogel or Hendershot, but it sounds like the opportunity is there. And if they don't get drafted, they could go through the uh, priority free agent Uh, ability for them to still get on a roster or at least get an opportunity to earn a spot on an NFL roster for this upcoming season. So we'll uh, keep an eye out for all three of those names. And I I, I tell you what, one of the other things I enjoy about the NFL draft, not being a big NFL guy, is not being a big Colts fan or anything like that. We don't talk a lot of Colts on this program, but it is interesting to see what the Colts do in the draft. But I like seeing how many Big Ten players Uh, get drafted and uh, how the Big Ten Conference stacks up in the NFL draft. So that's always one of the things that I kind of keep a a somewhat close eye on as the NFL draft unfolds over the next few days. So don't forget that uh, I mentioned Les Wright going to join us a little bit later in the program. The IU Coaches Tour set for May 25th at Huber's Orchard and Winery. Tickets are online, and we'll get that website from Les coming up a little bit later in the show. But they're $50 a piece. Tables are available for uh, ten, a table of 10 for $1,000. You get your name on a program. You get a little better seating as well. And uh, checks can be made payable uh, and sent to Les Wright. We'll give you those details later in the hour as well. 
And, uh, again, that's going to be a fun event. Mike Woodson will be there. Tom Allen will be there. You can bet that there will be some other speakers and people in their entourage as well. So should be a fun day for – a fun evening for IU basketball, really for IU football as well. And a lot of excitement. I'm curious to ask uh, Mr. Wright, uh, who's been involved with this event for many years, a lot of excitement in the offseason around IU basketball as Mike Woodson gets ready for year number two. And I think really a, a great boost with some of the players coming back and Trace Jackson Davis, I know, is still hanging out there testing the professional waters. But uh, Malik Renault, his commitment last week, I think really got people uh, fired up for what next season could look like with all the guys back that you want to have back. With there's, a, I think, a likelihood Trace Jackson Davis returns to Bloomington next year. And then you add in some real firepower from the freshman class that could contribute right away if there's minutes and if there's spots. I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of things to figure out in Bloomington with Geronimo and Thompson and possibly TJD and others back next season. Uh, and we think Xavier Johnson's going to be back. He's active again on Twitter, retweeting stuff from the IU basketball account. Uh, you know, it makes you seem like he's still part of the program as he goes through some of his legal proceedings. So um, a lot of talent in Bloomington right now, I think, is the best way to put it at this point of the offseason. And we'll see how everything plays out here in the coming months. We'll head to a commercial break. I do want to remind you the Big X Sports Radio golf cards are available. The card features... A lot of great Southern Indiana courses, Chariot Run, Old Capitol Golf Club, Elk Run Valley View, and Christmas Lake down in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these courses for under $25 a round with the 2022 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Supply is limited. Get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. Again, Chariot Run, Old Capitol Golf Club, Elk Run Valley View, and Christmas Lake for under $25 a round with a cart included. We'll head to a commercial break, and we're back with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall as we talk IU hoops, Trace Jackson Davis, Xavier Johnson, uh, and a lot more on my radar to, uh, to uh, discuss with Alex today. So stay with us for that. And again, Les Wright of the IU Varsity Club. He's the area rep down here in southern Indiana, and Louisville is going to join us to, to talk more about the IU Coaches Tour which is set for May 25th up at Huber's. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Back on this Thursday program, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, my guest. The Thornton's text line open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Alex Christian Lander to Western Kentucky. I like it. I'm hoping for the best from the uh, for the young man from Evansville, but I think dropping down a bit to a solid mid-major program like WKU could pay some real uh, dividends for him and help him be a big contributor as he moves on in college hoops. Yeah, Matt, we talked about this last week, and I think the biggest thing for Lander was to go to a level that was more in line with where he's at in terms of his development right now. And I think this 
which could be a really good fit. We'll see. Obviously, uh, Western Kentucky is a, is a good program. They've had some talented kids, made some NCAA tournaments along the way, and you know it's going to be close enough to home to where uh, people uh, are still going to be able uh, to watch him play. I mean, I think I think Western beat Louisville last season, so they're not a they're no slouch of a program. Uh, I think Rick Stansberry has always done a really good job in terms of recruiting and getting players. So, not really surprised to see him end up there. And like you said, I'm hoping uh, he's able to turn things around and really uh, make a positive impact there. He's got three years of eligibility, so he's only going to be 20, I think, uh, coming up in August. So he's still a young guy. I think he's got a chance to really uh, do some good things there. Alex, with uh, Lander's decision yesterday, all four IU players. Uh, that have entered the portal at this point have have found new homes and announced their decisions. Of those four guys, is there one you would like to see back or would have preferred stayed uh, with Indiana or had some potential maybe that you thought just didn't uh, break through yet that that, that did enter enter the portal and ultimately exit the program? Uh, Not really because – if you look at all of them, and I did a little roundup of each of their decisions this morning on the site, and you look at their stats, none of them were all that uh, impactful. Uh, obviously, Parker Stewart started a lot of games but uh, and shot close to 40% on threes, but you look at the total number of points he scored, he was basically just uh, exclusively a three-point shooter that didn't do much else. Rob Finnessy, I think, of the four in terms of you know the players that you, you – could probably help you win games the most. He He's at the top of the list for me, uh, but he couldn't stay healthy enough. I think if Rob would have been able uh, to stay healthy, he would definitely have been a guy that Indiana would have really pushed to have come back next season. But when you start to go through the roster and you see who's going to be uh, coming in and what the guard situation looks like next year, I think uh, it probably made sense for both parties uh, to move on, given his health issues and, and really the fact that his development offensively really just stalled and never really took the the next step so I I think you know for all of them it was a good decision uh, to move on the reality is you know most programs are only going to play your best eight or nine guys and I didn't really see any of those guys really fitting in maybe Parker Stewart and Rob kind of on the fringe of that next season but if Indiana was looking to take another step forward uh, I think uh, they're they're going to be upgrading uh, talent-wise with the guys that they're bringing in. You know, after a, a year ago when things were so very active for IU, some late recruiting and then some activity, a lot of it from the transfer portal, other than maybe Dexter Dennis. He's the only guy that I'm aware of. Indiana is still uh, recruiting, dealing with at this point. I think that they focused in on him if they're going to add anybody else for next season. So not as much uh, transfer portal activity in the off season number two for Mike Woodson. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that's tricky with this situation is I'm not sure if you know this or not, Matt, but the deadline, if you want to enter the portal and be eligible for a fall or a winter sport to enter the portal uh, is May 1st. So at this point, uh, if nobody else enters, uh, before then, uh, and Indiana wants to add another player after Trace Jackson Davis' decisions that he comes back, then somebody's kind of in a really tough spot in terms of having to go somewhere next year and, and sit out unless they're somehow are able to get a waiver. I'm not saying that's impossible to have that happen, but uh, it's you know they have that date out there for a reason. And I think they'll probably try to enforce it a little bit more strictly moving forward, given that this is now the second you know, year of this you know 
free transfer rule where you don't have to sit out. Uh, guys have had plenty of time. So it's, it's a delicate balance. And I think the longer things go with, with Dennis not making a decision or making uh, his intention zone, I think the more it becomes clear that they're waiting to see what Trace is going to do. And we get past May 1st and Dennis all of a sudden commits. I think you have to start wondering if that means that Trace Jackson's not going to be back next season. Yeah, going to be interesting to follow that. Uh, speaking of Trace, yesterday I uh, gave kind of a rundown of every website, even some that I'm not necessarily confident in, on where people uh-huh. saw him going in the draft, or in some cases, many cases, not going in the draft. And I said this yesterday, you know, I'm not an NBA draft guy, but there's a couple people in the industry that you just learn to follow that are legitimate and at all the events and know the people behind the scenes and can make the calls to NBA personnel and those people, ESPN's uh, Gavoni and, and Schmitz and uh, then CBS Sports has a guy as well, they're the ones that don't have Trace Jackson Davis listed in the second round. If Trace is listed, I think as high as number 33 or so, it's by another site that I don't have near the confidence in. So uh, my question to you is, what's Trace doing? I think I read somewhere, maybe on your site, that he is in – Southern California and has been there now for a few weeks working with other college players and NBA draft hopefuls. Yeah, he's to my my knowledge has, has been working out out west now for for a bit of time. There's some video I think that came out on social media these past couple of days of, of him uh, some some photos as well on Instagram of him uh looks a, looks a little trimmed down to me. He's got a beard. Um I, I don't know uh what exactly he's been been doing out there, but uh, not that he was big at all. He was all already uh, really uh, trim, but he looks even uh, in better shape than what we saw during the season uh, from the pictures I saw of him on Instagram. So, yeah, he's taking advantage of this window in terms of being able to work out and get ready for the draft. And uh, I, I'm assuming is going to start – doing workouts for teams and seeing what happens in terms of the combine. But Matt, we've talked about this before, you know, if he doesn't get that combine invite, that's a pretty telling sign to me that, you know, he's looked at at best as a friend's draft prospect. I'm not saying that it would be impossible for him to, to get one. Um, and there is a secondary type combine for the guys that don't get the NBA draft combine. I think there's like a G league combine that if you can go to first and if you play really well, two guys last year that, that were able to do this, Dwayne Washington out of Ohio State and Aaron Wiggins out of Maryland. They kind of played their way up to the actual combine, and they both ended up on NBA rosters this season. So it's not impossible. But if he doesn't get that combine invite, I think he's got a tough road ahead in terms of getting uh, his, his, his uh, an invite to the actual combine uh, via the G League combine and then actually getting drafted. Um, but even if he doesn't get picked – there's probably going to be opportunities out there for him uh, to go to camp, uh, undrafted free agent, or maybe a team that's willing to take a chance on him uh, with a two-way deal. So, you know, it's I, I, don't, I just don't really necessarily see any scenario where he's going to move his stock in so, such a crazy way where he's going to be a first-round pick. It's going to come down to whether or not he wants to try to play his way onto a team via the second round or undrafted free agent. You know, it's just uh, it's unbelievable where we're at in college basketball, and I want to head to that conversation with you here in just a bit. But with what you just described, with your opinion, your thoughts on Trace and the NBA, it's hard to see why he would take a risk. And 
miss out on NIL money and endorsements for something that is not guaranteed at all from the NBA and maybe or maybe not a second round pick. It's it's uh, it's hard to it, it I think it's a tough decision. Kind of depends what the NIL money is actually going to be and we don't know that. Um I I don't know exactly how that all gets settled but I know he does have representation for NIL. I think it's Excel Sports Management. Him and Tamar Bates, I think, were two of the guys on the roster that signed with them uh, last offseason, uh, prior to the season for NIL representation. But, I mean, I, he's probably going to have to figure out exactly what's out there and uh, these different collectives that have been formed. There's a couple of them out there. You know, we've talked about them. Uh, Hoosier Hysterics have one, and Hoosiers for Good is the other one. Uh, and working also along with his with his uh, with his agency uh, that's representing him to kind of see what the full package in terms of what he can get next season. Uh, if it's comparable to an NBA contract and he still likes being in college and wants to stay around, you know, I think that's probably a, you know, a sound decision, but if it's, he feels like he's got a better chance to, to make more money going professional, that would be his, his choice. But it's, to me, it's, there's risks to both, you know, if he comes back and, gets hurt or something like that and could really obviously limit his potential earnings uh, down the road or if he goes and, and doesn't you know latch onto a team and is playing in the G League and making you know 40 or 50 thousand dollars next year he could have forfeited you know well into the high six to low seven figures depending on what's available from an NIL perspective. Talking with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, IU basketball discussion here on this Thursday edition of the program. Alex, transitioning away from IU stuff uh, for just a moment here, Mark Emmert, uh, it was announced earlier in the week, is going to step away from his role, a joint announcement he and the NCAA made earlier. Uh, It sounds like by June 2023 he'll be out unless they find a new head of the NCAA uh, before that date, uh, I think you uh, you're pretty opinionated on Emmert and his uh, lack of ability to uh, run the NCAA and so many different uh, controversies and issues that he has faced in his time as the president. I've got to believe that uh, we can probably join together here and say, and I don't say stuff like this very often on this show, but good riddance here is my, is my take. Yeah, the only caveat I would put in there is. It could always get worse, so hopefully <laughs> whoever they bring in is not worse than this. I think it would be pretty hard to do, but any situation could certainly uh, deteriorate even further. Um, you know, I don't, I, you know, my biggest issue with Ember is, was just the fact that he never was proactive on anything. Everything was reactive. I don't know him as a person. I've never met him. Uh, he wouldn't know who I was if, you know, I walked right in front of him and started – uh, waving pom-poms, but the fact of the matter is is that the guy really just never was realistic in terms of how the, the world of college sports was changing. Everything that the NCAA did under him was reactive. You've seen that with compliance issues. I mean, Louisville is still sitting here waiting to figure out what's going to happen with their situation that was, what, now four or five years ago in terms of them breaking rules, but they don't have a full resolution on that. The compliance stuff was a complete joke, and uh, all of that stuff was was just 
basically they had to have the FBI look into something before they were able ever able to take action on any of this stuff, and they're still sorting through all that. And then in terms of the NIL stuff, they never wanted any of it to become part of the fabric of college sports when it was clear for many years that their model was crumbling right before their eyes, and they just kind of tried to hold on to it as long as they could. And I think most people realize that his credibility in terms of leadership and being able to effectively run an organization uh, was zero. Uh, and so I think it's a good thing that he's going to go, but we'll see what the uh, plan is for a replacement and, and how the NCAA changes moving forward. Because I think there's a lot of people out there who believe that ultimately the NCAA is going to be dissolved or there's going to become factions where the bigger schools kind of unite and do their own thing. I would hate to see that in college basketball because I think the great thing about the tournament is you have these Cinderella's and you have the tournament with these smaller schools getting an opportunity. And if, if that goes away, I think it'll be a big loss for the sport. All right, Alex, I'm curious, uh, who would be a, not, not even a specific name, but what type of person or background would be a good candidate for this job? Is it a conference commissioner? Could maybe a longstanding university president or athletic director uh, be someone that uh, would be applicable to meet the requirements of what this job requires? Uh, I think it's just someone with a forward vision and a plan for how um, what the organization wants to look like and how it wants to operate moving forward rather than being reactive to everything. Someone that's proactive, someone that can stand up in front of people and say that NIL regardless of your opinion on it, is here to stay and how can we best make the new system work? Rather than saying, you know, we, we don't really know how to manage this and it's threatening the model as we knew. Well, the model is changing. And uh, the sooner somebody at the, somebody at the NCAA steps up and embraces it and says, here's how we want to work with schools and, and athletes and all that to, to move it forward instead of trying to fight it, the better. So I think more or less it's just someone who's got a uh, – kind of a vision for what college sports can look like going forward and someone who's willing to embrace change and, and kind of roll with the punches because it's it's definitely an ever-changing landscape out there and uh, you need somebody that's, that's willing to acknowledge that and do their best to try to navigate what's uh, uncertain waters right now. Yeah, definitely going to be an interesting hire. And I think also interesting will be how soon this is all put together and does Emmert really stay in place until – uh, June of next year, or is he out? You know, fairly soon in the next two three months. Going to be interesting to see what uh, what plays out there. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Alex, a couple other things for you. Getting back to IU basketball here this off season. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of recruiting opportunities ahead for the college coaches. That's a big part of the off season. But also, Cliff Marshall, the strength and conditioning coach. Uh, and the coaches themselves will have a lot of development opportunities with these players to get them in shape and to hone their games and come together as a team for next season. Uh, what are a few major things, give one or two, that you think IU needs to work on in the offseason? I'm sure one has to be just getting in the gym, getting up shots, and uh, becoming a, a somewhat better shooting team has to be at the top of anyone's list. Yeah, I'd say that's right up near the top, uh, just offensively in general. Uh, we saw last season how much they worked in the offseason on defense, and I feel think that's going to be the, the major point of emphasis for this program and how Mike Woodson wants to build his team. But I also think that moving forward offensively and improving their 
should be a huge point of emphasis is not just three-point shooting. It's better free throw shooting. It's, it's better uh, versatility for a lot of the guys in terms of how they can score. Uh, Indiana at times was really predictable offensively and easy to guard, and that uh, doesn't necessarily lead to the best outcomes in a league like the Big Ten that's so well scouted and coaches is, are, are so well prepared. So that would be uh, a big thing. And then really with, just with the new, with the inco- incoming guys, I mean, I've already talked to a couple of them. Caleb Banks I've talked to the last couple of weeks, and he was already talking about their, their letting him know uh, how much weight they want to put on him when he gets there and, and things like that. So I think that's the big emphasis with the younger guys, just getting them ready physically uh, for the rigors of college basketball. I, I think that's something that people really kind of underrate when you project a freshman into college basketball, you look at the ranking and you think, well, this guy's a five-star, he should be able to do this. But the guys who are the most successful typically from the get-go are the guys who are the most athletic and the most physically ready. And if you fall behind any of those categories, you saw that with Christian Lander where he was never really physically ready to compete. Uh, And it doesn't matter what you're ranked. At that point, if you can't defend, you can't, don't have the quickness to stay in front of people and you're not strong enough, uh, you're not going to have that much of an impact. So I think with the new guys, that's the biggest thing. That I think that's one reason people should be encouraged with Jalen hood Shafino is I think more so than Lander and Bates, he's more physically a man and ready to come in and play from day one. And I think that's a reason that he'll be more impactful than either of those guys were as freshmen. All right, Alex, in the next segment, we're going to be joined by Les Wright, the IU Varsity Club rep for down here in southern Indiana and Louisville. The IU Coaches Tour is coming back. I think it's been at least two years that there's been no uh-huh. tour, no chance to hear from some of the IU coaches. But Coach Woodson, Coach Allen uh, going to be there. There will be some other guests uh, coming as well. But I'm sure it's an evening that you'll uh, be front and center for covering it for Inside the Hall and it's always a great opportunity, especially when there's excitement in the air like there is around IU basketball and what this team could accomplish next season. And I tell you what, around that date of uh, May 25th, a, a month or so from now, we may have a better read, too, on what Trace Jackson Davis has up uh, his sleeve for next year. So a fun night. I know you've been there for most of them in your time covering IU basketball, but should be, uh, I think, a full house. Matt, no pressure on you, but I've got my laptop up ready to write something up about your interview with Mr. Wright, so you better get all of the details (laughs) and the particulars for us in this interview, because that's what's going to be making up a a part of of what I post, and I always check in with Les via email. I used to in the past, not the last two years, because I knew it wasn't happening, and I was actually thinking about that the other day, and just by chance, before you uh, had me on, I had your opening segment up, and I listened, and you started talking about that, and I was like, well, this is definitely something that the word needs to get out on. So get us the most details you can with your interview, Matt, and look for something on Inside the Hall shortly after that interview, uh, recapping this conversation. So, Matt, knock it out of the park. All right, sounds like a deal. Alex Bozich, Inside the Hall, he's with us Thursdays on IU Basketball and more. Alex, uh, have a great week. We'll do it again next Thursday. All right, Matt. Have a great day. Thanks. We'll head to a quick commercial break. We'll come back with Mr. Les Wright. Don't forget, he's the former Floyd Central AD, so he's the guy that's been around sports, not just the IU stuff. 
with sports in our area for many years. Uh, so, Mr. Wright, next we'll talk about the IU Coaches Tour stop here in southern Indiana and a few other things as well. We'll get all the details for you uh, lined out. Stay with us for that. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Thursday program. The IU Coaches Tour is coming back to Southern Indiana after at least a two-year hiatus. Wednesday, May 25th is the date, the location, Huber's Orchard and Winery in Floyd's Knobs. And with us right now is Les Wright. He is the Varsity Club representative for Southern Indiana and Louisville. And as I mentioned earlier, former Floyd Central Athletic Director, Coach Wright, it's great to have you with us. I, I thought of you uh, this past March when the Highlanders were rolling through the sectional and uh, had a great year once again under Coach Sturgeon. You experienced, obviously, some wonderful years of Floyd Central basketball under Joe Hinton. What was it like to be front and center as a, a fan and supporter, seeing Floyd Central kind of get things back rolling again here the last number of seasons? Yes, it's been some time since we could uh... – start to stand up and be proud of our team again. And Coach Sturgeon just has done a great job over the years that he's been there. And I sure hated to see him hang it up. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I thought of you. I know you were enjoying the Seymour sectional as we were calling the games. I saw you sitting down there front and center. And I thought about all the years that you've been around Floyd Central Sports and uh, what it was like to see the Highlanders back on top again. But, Mr. Wright, thanks for being with us today. I, I wanted to talk about the IU Coaches Tour stop coming up uh, at Huber's. It's less than a month from now. A lot of people have uh, mentioned to me or texted into the show since I got the info from you earlier this week wanting to know more details. But just take us through the evening what you know, any information you want to pass along, and then we'll ask you some details from there. Very well. Well, first of all, we uh, will have the doors opening for the event at 530 that evening, and you will be able to go to your assigned seat, and immediately we'll be able to go through the buffet food line, so there will not be any waiting in long lines to go get your dinner, and uh, you can go back to your seat and leisurely enjoy the evening uh for certain that evening coach tom allen will be there to speak to us along with coach woodson uh coach morin with the girls program is unable to be with us we would have loved to have had her there that evening but she cannot attend our new ad scott dolson obviously will be there and speak as well the whole program will be emceed by Don Fisher, our uh, wonderful voice of IU. So uh, I, it's just a great evening. We've always had somewhere between 700 and 900 fans show up for that event. 
So this year I am expecting a full house. The biggest crowd we ever had was 982. And uh, I, we had every place stuffed that evening <laughs> to get them in there. Uh, while people are waiting uh, in line, if they get there early, they can attend the uh, site where the IU uh, Big Red fan uh, group will be there with all kinds of IU paraphernalia. And if things go this year like they have in the past, and I'm sure they will, the coaches always stay afterwards and sign an article for anybody that wants something signed. Uh, that they limit it to one, obviously, but uh, they have stayed until the very last person went through the line. If they had a basketball or a shirt or a cap or baseball, whatever, to be signed, they would sign it. So that's uh, really a pretty good deal, I think, for our local fans to have that opportunity. No, that's that's outstanding. Tickets are $50 for an individual, and then you explained earlier in the week that you can perch a table of 10. You get a little bit better seating with that for $1,000. I think along with that, your name is listed in the program as a a sponsor or a table purchaser for the evening. Uh, Talk a little bit more about tickets and confirm the prices I just gave, and then if somebody wants to go ahead and lock in with a ticket, uh, what should they do? All right. Uh, you are correct on the price of tickets. Tickets are $50 each for individuals. And the table of 10 for $1,000, it gives you the advantage of not having to stand in line outdoors if the weather is extremely hot or if it should happen to be raining. And we don't want to think about that. But uh, you can come straight on in because... Whenever someone takes a table of 10, I send them 10 passes, and they can come right straight to the door and walk straight on in, and they don't have to wait to be registered at the door. And we do, as I say, seat everybody at an individual seat, so I do need to know who's coming so that I can have a seat prepared for you. Absolutely. Big undertaking, no question about that. Is there an online place to purchase tickets? If so, do you know the website address? And then I think earlier in the week I'd I'd given out some of your contact information. Uh, What are the best avenues to go to purchase tickets to get this locked in if you're going to go? At this very moment, the best thing for people to do is to call me. Uh, They can call me at my number 812-987-1513. And I will take their name and tell them what they need to do at that point in order to be sure that they have a seat. Next week, next week they will be able to go online. They haven't got it set up at the university yet. I've been complaining about it, but it will be set up, I was told this morning, uh, sometime this coming week, hopefully by Monday. And uh, at that point, they can go online and and do it without uh, having to go through the problem of calling me or anything like that. Because as soon as they get the names, they send them directly to me so I can assign them seats. 
I would encourage people not to put it off because I honestly think we will have a sellout this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Les Wright is our guest. Les is the varsity club rep for Southern Indiana and Louisville. And again, tickets for this IU Coaches Tour. Uh, you can get them now by calling Les Wright, 812-987-1513. Again, 812-987-1513. Tickets are $50 for an individual ticket, $1,000 for a table of 10, which if you've got a group of friends and family, that sounds like the real route to go here if you can get 10 people together and go, get a hold of Mr. Wright. Uh, Les, uh, we'll continue to remind people about this over the next few days, and we'll count on you to let us know when it's full so we don't promote something that I agree with you is going to be a sellout. Um, in all the years you've been around the IU Varsity Club and helping with things here in southern Indiana and Louisville, I know there's always excitement when a new coach comes in, obviously, and unfortunately because of the situations the last few years unable to have this coach's stop anywhere in the state, not even at Huber's. But I tell you, this year with the success of IU under Coach Woodson in year one, just getting to the tournament and now in the offseason retaining some players that you, you really want to see come back for next year, the momentum with recruiting, getting a big recruit last week that's going to come in immediately next season, and then all this uh, national publicity, even in the offseason, IU being talked about and ranked in some of these way early rankings. I think IU fans are going to fill this thing up at Huber's here later in the month. I think they will, too. I, I honestly do. And uh, it's it's a big fundraiser for the varsity club. Uh, we set out some 15 years ago to raise a quarter of a million dollars for the varsity club to use towards the new IU practice facility. And we've surpassed that some time ago. And so we're now just turning our money over to the varsity club for them to use as they see fit. And uh, it, it's a, it's a great opportunity for fans to not only get to hear the coaches and to see them up close, but also to support the university as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Les Wright, my guest. Les, I mentioned earlier, you know, you've got a great background in sports in our area as the former Floyd Central AD. Uh, how did you get involved in this role of organizing this big fundraiser, this big get-together for IU basketball and football fans and just supporters of the university in general here in the area? I got involved in this primarily just we – we used to have this function over at uh, Joe Huber's uh, restaurant, and uh, we sort of outgrew it. And when Huber's winery opened up, Ned Fowl came to me and suggested that we move it to there. And when we did, we changed things quite a bit. We raised the price of the ticket, and we had the goal of raising that quarter of a million dollars and uh, it has just grown as a result of that. Ned and I work together real closely on this. He's, of course, a major contributor to the university, and uh, he uh, helps me get out some of the heavy hitters and <laughs> gets their support, and as a result, it's just become a real success. All right, uh, Les Wright, great. I, I appreciated the call earlier in the week and I, I want to warn you between this radio show and other people that are going to 
share this. I think you're going to spend the afternoon and tomorrow answering phone calls, Les, but I know you want to get the organizational work out of the way, but we appreciate you sharing all the details. Thank you very much, and I appreciate the opportunity to get the word out there. Absolutely. If I could add one other thing. Yes. Not related to this. Yes. But I happen to be president of the Borden Parks Department, and we are hosting the Strawberry Festival that used to be on the hill at Starlight. It's going to be at our park this year on the 28th of the month of May. And uh, everything that went on up there is basically going to go on down here. So that's just a little tip for people that may be listening that was interested in the Strawberry Festival. Yeah, thank you. not dead. Thank you very much for passing that along as well. Uh, Les, you're just a wealth of information, man. i got to have you on here more often. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. I, I appreciate it, and uh, you do a great job, Matt. You really do. I appreciate that, Les. Les Wright, former Floyd Central AD and IU Varsity Club representative here in southern Indiana and Louisville, an all-around good sports guy in our area. We appreciate what Les has done over the years and look forward to seeing him up uh, at Huber's Wednesday, May 25th. We'll continue to remind you all the details of this IU Varsity Tour stop with Coach Woodson and also Coach Allen. Tickets $50 for an individual, 1000 for a table of 10. You can call Les at 812-987-1513. 812-987-1513. That's going to wrap it up for this Thursday program. Back with you Friday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.